Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez here with Aaron Keller, and today we are lucky enough to have Isaac Medcalf for a few attempts. I think I got it. And you came here from, you're located in Mason Valley because you are our wildlife area supervisor for the Western Complex. That's right. Yes. So, well, thank you for coming all the way over here to join us today. Yeah, no problem. And then we also have Mike Zorodka, who is our wildlife staff specialist, and you oversee the WMA, which is Wildlife Management Area Program. That is correct. Yeah, I am in the Reno headquarters here, and I oversee the Wildlife Area Program. And have you been in one of these podcasts before? I don't believe so. Yeah, I don't think you have. No. So this is awesome. You haven't been on one yet, have you? I think I did one when I worked at the hatchery years ago. Oh, did you? Nice. And I keep saying WMA, Wildlife Management Area, but I don't know. Before I worked here, I didn't know what that was. So just for mm-hmm. people who aren't aware of what that is, could you sum it up? Sure. So our wildlife management areas, in most instances, are properties owned by the state of Nevada and then managed by the Department of Wildlife for their wildlife values and public recreation abilities. And what is the history? Like, why do we have them? Well, a lot of these properties, the history goes back to the 50s when we started acquiring properties. A lot of them were cattle ranches back in the day mm-hmm. that we, we bought just because they had um, high wildlife values and people uh, loved to hunt them, especially migratory birds, ducks, and geese. Um, those ranches held a lot of those populations of the state. So that's why we, as, as ranches were up for sale, the Department of Wildlife was one of the uh, you know, most interested people to acquire those. So we basically acquired them and then we make them available for public use. Correct. Yeah. And what I said in most instances, that's the the way it works. But some wildlife areas are actually owned by the federal government. Uh, We have a property down in southern Nevada, like the Overton Wildlife Area is owned by the National Park Service, but we manage it as a wildlife area. Okay. And so people could still use it. It's open to people to... Yeah, it it falls under our management. It has the same rules and regulations as all other 11 wildlife areas. Uh, Not sure if that was your next question, but we do have 11 (laughs) wildlife areas. Yeah. 11 uh, around the state that we have. Okay. And then, so before we started, Isaac, I was telling you, I think... Mason Valley is the only one I've been to, but I don't. I went to the fish hatchery. So is that on mm-hmm. the wildlife management area? Yes, the fish hatchery is on the Mason Valley wildlife management area. Um, the area surrounding the hatchery is the actual management area okay. where we can hunt fish and come out and camp. Yeah, and Ashley's like, I went to the fish hatchery, and Isaac's like, All right, so you've been there. Well, I managed the twenty thousand a- or roughly twenty thousand acres around the fish hatchery, which is. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a big piece of property. Mm-hmm. That's the one and then uh, the six that we have on the Western Complex here right. that we manage. So you, we manage six here in Western. Mm-hmm. And what are the six that you manage? Um, we got hum. Oh, it's five. 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 <laughs> five. Correction. <laughs> we got five. Okay. It's all good. So uh, Humboldt Wildlife Management Area. Okay. Uh, we have um, some capabilities of managing Carson Lake pasture and Fallon. 
We got the Fernley Wildlife Management Area, uh, Alkali Lake, and uh, Scripps. Oh. Scripps. And, and Mason Valley. Six. But the five wildlife areas, the Carson Lake Wetlands is not a wildlife management mm -hmm. area yet. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Interesting. So you're both right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you're both it's a weird gray area, it sounds like. But Mason so. Valley is the one that we want to talk about today. We kind of want to focus in on that because there's uh -huh. tons of opportunity right now for people to go out and mm -hmm. recreate and look at animals and hunt. And uh -huh, so Right now, uh, Mason Valley, uh, we ha you have uh, the deer hunts right now. Um, there's also an early archery hunt for deer and also a late one. The main focus right now is going to be waterfowl hunting. Yeah. Uh, this year has been great water. We have 33 ponds, and 33 ponds have water in them. Uh, and there's holding lots of ducks. They're just being a little tough right now to hunt as with this sunshine weather. Yeah, the weather's pretty mm -hmm. nice right now. And, mm -hmm. yeah. and geese will show up in no time, though. Yep, they're, they're in. They've, they've started arriving. Yeah. We've got a few swans that start moving in. So cool. it's looking pretty good. And then earlier in the year, if somebody wanted to hunt for dove, I mean, mm -hmm. it's pretty good dove hunting. And yep. They got a, so we got a farm or an ag agricultural lease, about a 900 acres. It's a, so we'll do some grains and some cover crops. Um, most of those fields get hunted for the dove and quail. Mm -hmm. um, People can hunt quail still, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the quail. Yeah. If they yeah, can right find on them. it and that goes in. What's that? Said if they can find them. They're there. They're, <laughs> they're, there. they're there. They're all over the place. Yeah. 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 The hunting season actually starts out at Mason Valley in the spring with turkey hunting. Oh, that's okay. a that's I a popular area for that. turkeys. Mm hmm. Shame I would say me, maybe one of the biggest populations of turkeys we have in Nevada mm -hmm. lives at Mason Valley. Yeah. So mm -hmm. Isaac can probably speak to you know when that season starts and how many tags they usually give out for the wildlife area. They do. Uh, it starts first week April, then goes to the middle of April, and then the final hunt is the end of April. There's a, and then uh, between the three huts, they give away six tags. Mm. Draw system. Nice. That's for turkey. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so then you live out there. Yes. Right? That's what yep. I wanted to get into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was curious about mm -hmm. this. So you, as the wildlife area supervisor for the Western Complex, what exactly mm -hmm. do you do? And like Aaron said, you live right. out there. Yeah, living out there gives us like. <laughs> With on top of the agricultural lease, we do our own food plots. Um, so it take it gets quite intensive. Of we'll plant, uh, and then we'll uh, have to water, irrigation, and that that takes a lot of time, odd hours at night, uh, on weekends. So living out there gives us opportunity to to do to do that. Okay, mm -hmm. and that's just to keep. Um, so we do uh, for food plots for upland birds. We do about 200 acres this spring. Um, millets, uh, sorghums, and then uh, in the summer, probably about June, we'll do moist soil food plots for the waterfowl, uh, about mm -hmm. 200 acres we did, and then we did another 150 acres of winter wheat and peas for waterfowl, and those ought to be good fields next year for the dove hunts. So that just keeps the waterfowl coming back or staying yes, there? Yes, yeah. It's yep. probably a dumb question. It gives, it gives the hunters opportunity to focus where their hunts are going to be. Those are uh, favored by the waterfowl to come in and use those areas. And that's just for the hunting, but then carry over that crop provides food and cover for nesting birds. I don't, I didn't realize yeah. that's what you guys are doing out there. So uh -huh. that's really interesting to me. So it's you and how many other people? Um, on the Mason Valley, we've got stationed four of us. There's me, I got an assistant manager, a mechanic and a wildlife technician. 
Um, and we do everything from grading the roads, cleaning the bathrooms, to farming, uh, running the water, you name it, we do it. Okay. And they all live on site too, um, not just Isaac, but all those crew members do. And then since you've been to the hatchery, you know, there's five employees down there that also live on the wildlife area. So oh, the hatchery employees do so too. So total, there's, yep. yeah, nine employees that live on the wildlife management area. And you were saying that's ideal for you. Yeah, Ashley was like, so do you like living out there? And he's I know, like, I, like, I love it. I shopping. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's nice. If you're a fisherman or outdoorsman, you know, it's kind of – it's right there in your own backyard. Mm -hmm. It is so cool. So I lived out there and Mike lived out oh, there. Oh, you did too? Yep. Yeah. Both of you did? We both yeah, did. Yeah, we both did. It's, it's oh. pretty awesome. Is like, that the uh, position you were in? We both worked at the fish hatchery yeah, together. Yeah, we worked yep. at the oh, fishery okay. site. But yeah, we both lived out there at Mason Valley and it was awesome. Mm -hmm. There's tons of stuff to do. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty Walk ideal. me through. I'm really intrigued by this. I didn't realize you guys were farmers. So walk mm -hmm. me through your day. Okay. Um, well, it's all seasonality. It's yeah. what's going on. What What's our target? So hit the spring. We get our irrigation. Our water rights start happening. And uh, so we're, we're planting for upland bird hunts. We're getting ready for the doves coming in September. We're starting to plant that in the spring. Okay. Um, so it, it's just farm. We're, we're disking fields. We're planting seed and running irrigation. Um, so that takes up a big chunk of our spring. And then come in the summer months, uh, we're working on uh, ponds for nesting waterfowl. We're also we're drying some out, um, planting moist soil vegetation in there. So you're going to get smart weeds and uh, other millets, um, swamp timothy, uh, and sago is what we're trying to grow out there. Uh, for the pond, for the for the waterfowl and for different types of waterfowl, the divers and uh, the puddle ducks is, but mostly it's a puddle duck area. And then also they're they're balancing, so with the water that's going on out there, they're also balancing fishing. So when it's not hunting season, it's fishing season out there. So there's a lot of people trying to catch trout and bass and mm -hmm. and other fish, and so they don't want to dry those up necessarily keep the fisheries going mm -hmm. i mean there's some big fish out there mm, yeah it's a it's a we reuse the water coming out of the hatchery that they use it comes back out on our area and fills up the the four fishing ponds hinkson bass crappie north pond very nice um hinkson is one of the better places to fish right now we have a big project on getting rid of the carp right now on three of the ponds we'll be drying out and starting all over with them next year okay. so it's ongoing mm -hmm. yep. always work to do yeah isaac mm -hmm. mentioned early on that we had 33 ponds out there but those last four the fishing series that he mentioned typically those have water in them year round so mm -hmm. right because so of their sport fish values mm -hmm. and then so when you we did a project out there not that long ago for managing the water right so we can get it to flow through or was there some big project that we did well, we did a restoration project on the Walker River that flows through the wildlife area uh -huh. on some property that was donated to the department by the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation. Um, that might oh, be the one that maybe, you're referring yeah. to. But um, what we did there was we tried to restore some sinuosity to the river. But um, upon completion of that project, I think the next year we had record high flows through <laughs> that system. And Figures, I, right? And it just channelized <laughs> the river back to the way it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, Isaac would know firsthand what it looks like now. Yeah, pretty much just put all back in straight yeah there and that's what's cool about that that area itself is like some of the projects that go on out there when when mike and i lived out there there was one pond that 
department drained and then leveled to make mm -hmm. it the mm -hmm. pond the um that's gonna be a moist soil unit is what we're doing for the ducks yeah and that from du we just finished up buffalo head pond last year and this year it turned out great we planted it with some moist soil vegetation there was a lot of native stuff grew grew through it too yeah and it it's the water level is perfect the access to it's perfect it's a it's a great project between for endow and du working together yeah it so turned out really nice drain the pond and then level it make it laser level basically or have some sort of a mm -hmm. flow but um because the ducks the ducks that are using that can only get so deep uh, and so okay. if it's you know if it's 10 feet deep that does nothing for duck habitat mm -hmm. but if it's like knee high i don't know i'm sure there's exact science to it but knee high then the ducks when they go down they can get vegetation off the, the bottom of the pond mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And so when Isaac says like dry up the pond and then plant or seed it or however that gets that process, then they'll start to go and then they reflood it and then the ducks come in. It's like a magnet for for, for waterfowl, waterfowl, shorebirds, um, all sorts of birds that kind of utilize that water. Very mm -hmm. cool. So it's not even just um, hunters. It's I mean even if you just want to go out and you're a wildlife photographer or you mm -hmm. do wildlife, it's a good area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a magnet for, for a lot of, I mean, it's so dry, and mm -hmm. then they're flying along that, I mean, it's so green out there in the springtime, and it's pretty cool. I'm Those sure birds really stop pretty. over, yeah. Um, we're actually out of time already for the first half of the show, but we'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we've been focusing on our wildlife management areas, um, really kind of highlighting Mason Valley wildlife management area. And before the break, we were talking about, Isaac, you live out there. It's awesome that you live out there, but there's actually a reason for it, Mike, you were saying. That is correct. You know, the reason we have those employees at the fish hatchery in the wildlife area on site is for response to emergency situations which do come up we've had flood events out at mason valley where isaac and his crew have had to be there around the clock working uh, monitoring you know ditches and the river and you know, doing repairs same thing with the hatchery there's emergencies with low flows and you know all those fish on site that the reason you provide housing is so your employees are there to deal with those um those situations that has to keep mm -hmm. you really invested. I mean, this is your life, basically, mm -hmm. the wildlife management area. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely, especially when you have irrigation going. You know, you miss it one day and you're flooding out a road or, so yeah, or blowing out I a dike. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> but, be, but because they live out there, they know every turn, little detail, yeah. every little detail in the water and the roads, everything. They know exactly. So if something comes up, they're like, oh, yeah, just go over there to – and they, they can explain they exactly where, it where and, it's at. And how to fix it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At least know where to start. Well, and if and hunters. you find it. And then it, for the hunting side, I mean, you guys know all about the hunting. You know where the birds are moving. You know where the good fishing's happening. So when people mm -hmm. come through or co 
Yeah, there, there's call. people on site all the time to answer questions with people hunting and fishing. And, you know, vehicles break down, people get stuck. I mean, we deal with that type of stuff, too. Oh, I bet. I didn't even think about that. That's probably mm-hmm. a comfort in a way for the people out there. Mm-hmm. 20,000 acres of land, you said, uh-huh. out there? Yep. Um, so it, is oh, that the biggest you? managed area? No, the largest uh, wildlife area is the Humboldt Wildlife Area, Humboldt. just over 30,000 acres. Uh, Mason Valley Wildlife Area is uh, just under 18,000 right yeah. now. Okay. Wow. Lots awesome. of land out there. So what projects do you guys have going on right now? Um, with working with Ducks Unlimited, we have some more pond leveling that add more moist soil units. Um, us as a crew, we are working on another pond, Ringneck. We're also leveling that one out with a... Our, our equipment we have on the station there. Okay. So when you say ring neck? It's, uh, it's it one of the ponds. Oh. One of the ponds. It's, it is like a duck. What are you pond. talking about? <laughs> it I is was a like, duck, ring but it's neck, a unit. What is this? <laughs> so, <laughs> I was mm-hmm. confused. Um, okay. So, and that all goes back to creating that habitat. You were explaining it earlier, Aaron, where you level it out to make it shallow enough to be attractive to waterfowl right and just the utilization of the water right you're just Mm -hmm. not wasting it pouring it out in the desert Mm -hmm. you're actually managing it and moving it around from pond to pond Mm -hmm. those pond leveling out there it benefits everybody on the river system up into california um we're kind of we're just almost to the end of that whole river system and this water is coming from topaz and bridgeport um so the less we use that benefits everybody on top above us Wow, that really does have so a big So it helps the whole impact. community, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, with these amazing ponds and this amazing habitat out there, what advice would you give to hunters who are headed out this season? Is there specific areas you would go to out there? Um, the best advice is trying to find some time to scout. Uh, we're out there at Mason Valley. We're only... Uh, during the waterfowl season, hunting's on Wednesday, Saturday, Sundays, and state holidays. So those off days are good days to come out and try to scout and find out your plan for the next day or two. Very good information. Any specific hot spots that you would tell people to go yeah, to? Or they, they really see, need they, to go out and they, they jump. Us, they jump around. There's not ever one spot that's always better. you got to tell other. us your secret spots. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, no. Like, uh-huh. You, you just got to listen to the ducks and see where they want to be. They tell you. They tell you where you need to do. Actually, Mason Valley is a pretty cool spot to go out and scout and just kind of drive around and look around. There's tons mm-hmm. of stuff to look at, and every time I go out there, it's I always see something. There's always something going on. Mm-hmm. Birds flying around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great for the for birding. Even even now, when most of the pond area is closed, they have the uh, the waterfowl loop stays open in the summer when we have it closed for nesting for birding. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that's when you can fish, and then that's when the turkey hunt's going on. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so then what would you bring out if you were a hunter? What oh, your binoculars for scouting for sure. Um, prepare to walk a little bit. It's all on dikes and roads, so it's not too hard of walking. Um, if you're out hunting, you know, you'd take your decoys, and uh, if you did your scouting, you're probably not going to have to take a whole bunch. So it's a lot in the preparation. Uh-huh. A mm-hmm. lot of planning. And there's only, it. the ponds are pretty small. Like, you can wade through most most of the ponds. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple that are deeper that you'd want to pay attention to and don't just show up that morning and try and walk across them because they're deeper. Like, th- 
you'd need a boat or some sort of a canoe or mm -hmm. or have a dog with you something yeah oh good to retrieve the birds mm -hmm. yep yeah, Isaac had mentioned Mason Valley has the hunt days during the waterfowl season. So outside of that, you know, some of the other local wildlife areas like the Scripps Wildlife Area and the Humboldt Wildlife Area, you can hunt there seven days a week. So even though you're limited to those days at Mason Valley, if you want to hunt on a Monday or Tuesday, we have good water conditions at some of the local wildlife areas as well that people can hunt every day if they want to. Any hot spots at the other wildlife management areas that hunters should be aware of, or is it still all in that scouting? There's You've got to get out scouting there. Scouting is important, but there's water conditions are great the last couple of years. So Scripps and Humboldt, I mean, we haven't seen water like this in, in a while. So there's water everywhere and birds everywhere. You can't so. really go wrong. What about um, fishing areas? So in Mason Valley, we have the four fishing ponds. Um, fishing is open from the second Saturday of February and ends end of September. Okay, so once February comes around, we'll see how those fishing conditions mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. It's good It's good fishing. Yeah, Mason yep, Valley's really good be. fishing. Uh, earlier in the season, it's good trout fishing. And then as the water starts to warm up, bass fishing and some of those warm water species turn on. And I mean, you can get some, some really nice fish out of there. And then we have a, I should know this, I manage our website, but I know we have a page on our website that's dedicated to wildlife management areas, mm -hmm. and I'm sure people could find some good information there mm -hmm. on, um, There is, all of the, out. all of the wildlife areas should be on there, and we're in the process right now of updating a lot of the brochures and maps for a lot of the wildlife areas, so Steptoe Valley, Kirch, uh, Mason Valley, all those brochures and maps are updated, and we're in the process of working on the others. But you're exactly mm. right. On the website, they can find more information. Yeah, and we definitely want to point people to the, like, even the regulation books because there's there's certain rules. And like Isaac was uh -huh. saying, like, there's certain days that you can go hunt out there and then the seasons on the fishing. Make sure that before you go out there, you know that what you should and shouldn't be doing for sure. It Absolutely. goes back to that planning ahead is very important while mm -hmm. going out there. Um, we only have a few minutes left, you guys. Is there any points you want to make before we end about Mason Valley and just the opportunities people have out there? Um, we have an ADA blind out there on the Redhead Pond. Uh, it's pretty much first come, first serve. Um, it should be getting better here if we start freezing up the water stays open right in front of that. It's usually a pretty good spot. So when you say ADA blind, you're saying... Disabled hunter blind. That's yeah. uh -huh. very cool. No, I knew that, but I just wanted to clarify for people. That's mm -hmm. really cool. So mm -hmm. that's open to people. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a blind that's that's built up all grassed in and nice that somebody could drive up to and get out and then go park their you know, vehicle. Park away. behind the hay bales? Is there, are they all yeah. stacked up there still? The cows ate them all. <laughs> oh, oh <man>. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but then they can go park their vehicle and kind of hide it out of the way. And it's pretty easy, accessible. We just talked about ADA accessibility and it's in a theme one of today. our other podcasts. Yeah. And or I mean, uh, it's a theme in these recent podcasts. Yeah. So, but it's providing that opportunity for everyone. So mm -hmm. very cool. Where did you say that was again? On a uh, redhead pond. Okay. Good to know. And so when people get there or even on our website, they can find a map of the area. Oh yeah. Yeah. The new updated map for that area is it's really nice as you can it's really you can see where you need to go and everything's really clear on it it's a really yeah. nice new map yeah. it shows all the ponds the fields uh, different parking areas that you can use 
Yeah, because that's important, mm-hmm. right? Where people can and can't go in the lock gates and right. just to make the hunting a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, one other unique thing about Mason Valley is the camping, right? So we have the camp, the campground, two campgrounds mm-hmm. that uh, people can utilize, which I think is pretty cool for mm-hmm. somebody who wants to come out and scout or even just spend the weekend, explore a new spot. Yep, two designated campgrounds. Uh, they've got uh, bathrooms there, and one has now potable water. So that's new in the last two mm-hmm. weeks. Very cool. Yeah, so and another big thing that people might not know is for, for use of the area and camping even, there's no fees to use these properties. That is a huge point. That's mm-hmm. what I was actually wanting to ask that earlier and completely forgot. Yep. So free so camping. completely free. Yep. The only thing that we kind of limit that <coughs> is they can only stay for eight days. Okay. So head to our website, check out, get your map, and then head out there and go camping for a weekend. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And one other thing, aside from the waterfowl hunting at Mason Valley, which is good, Isaac might want to talk about the quail hunting opportunities out there because I think every time I go out there, I see quail all over. So I think populations are probably at an all-time high, and I think those opportunities are, are, are really good out at Mason Valley if you're into upland bird hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, if the quail, you know, if somebody asks me where are the quail, I just say they're everywhere. Just go start walking, you'll, you'll run into them. That's awesome. So, so for somebody with a young hunter, uh-huh. check it out. That's a good spot to go. We always say it's good to start with upland game like quail. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a good thing to do. Introductory type species and good luck trying to get a limit of those things because they're <laughs> super <laughs> fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, we are pretty much out of time unless there's anything else you guys want to say. Thanks for coming in, guys. I was going to say we appreciate you making the drive. And, Mike, it was good to have you in here for your first one. And I think we want to do a few more on wildlife manager. You bet. We can highlight some of the other wildlife areas. Yeah, I think we're going to make some guys come in or call in, and we'll highlight some stuff around the state, let people know where they can and can't go. And it's awesome. Sounds good. Well, good to have you guys Mm -hmm. here. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.